You're listening to Small Business Made Simple, a podcast for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Most of our interviews aren't with professional speakers and authors. The bulk of our interviews are with hardworking business owners that are out in the community building their businesses, leading their teams, and leaving a legacy. And they want to share what they've learned with you. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the owner of One Click Agency, a website design company for small businesses, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of this show. Our goal today is to help you stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to the podcast. With me today, I have Sergey Kiklovich, uh, the, the founder of Gambit Solutions. And if I messed up that last name there a little bit, uh, let you me know. It. That was, it was a little <laughs> bit of a mouthful for me, but thanks you're, for being you're here. Good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I appreciate the invitation and uh, it's exciting. It's a topic uh, that is dear to my heart. So I uh, would love to share some of my thoughts with you and the audience and have a good, fun interaction and for people to come away and walk away with some value from here. Yeah, I think leadership is such a phenomenal thing to talk about for business owners, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. anybody, uh, teams, whatever it is, it can be helpful for them. Um, but before we get into that, can you share what Gambit Solutions is? Absolutely. So Gambit Solution is uh, kind of a manifestation of my idea of uh, being a business owner. Uh, I've worked for quite some time in the financial industry and financial services for a private boutique investment bank down in South Florida. So I went uh, the route of uh, just a simple intern that graduated with a finance degree and kind of trying to figure out what I'm going to do to then uh, get into the research side of things and then uh, getting licensed and becoming a research analyst. So uh, working with analyzing stocks and businesses and all kinds of things. And then I uh, switched over to sales uh, institutionally. So I worked uh, with the hedge fund community a lot uh, on uh, the investment front and making recommendations and finding you know cool ideas for them to invest. And as part of that, uh, my job you know allowed me to travel with the, the corporate executives. So corporate America executives, I've probably been exposed to uh, at least a couple hundred, uh, you know, CEOs and CFOs in a very uh, intimate, you know, uh, way, meaning we're traveling together, we're, you know, spending one-on-one times in cars or car services or cabs and going into meetings. So I was the fly on the wall in those meetings. And, you know, you learn a thing or two uh, from people like that. Um, so uh, that all uh, concluded back at the end of 2017. Uh, actually, Precisely three years ago, uh, I left the company in pursuit of now uh, just starting my own dream. Uh, at that point, it was almost nine years I was working for uh, my firm. And um, I was a senior vice president at the time. So the path was, do you advance and go into you know, director roles and maybe switch to firms? Maybe, you know, and um, after some thinking and uh, uh, just really, you know, figuring out like, what's my true passion? True passion was always about helping people and making complex things simple. In the banking world, you're trying to communicate a business as an idea in an elevator pitch, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of, so that I guess over time, uh, give me the ability to make a lot more other complex things simple. So when I switched over to becoming a business owner and starting Gambit Solutions, the vector which I pursued there was uh, let's let's go and help some people, not only on the business side, but uh, I've gone through my personal development uh, uh, route as well in parallel with my last years at uh, my firm. And I've you know, discovered you know, ways to 
get more balance, reduce stress, um, find ways to have a little bit more joy in life uh, because the industry was very, very stressful in itself. Um, that was had also some impacts on my health um, over time. So I decided to pursue this route. Let's work with the executives that I've seen now for the last X amount of years and let's help them reduce the stress, gain leadership skills, communication skills that will, of course, give them some good things also in their personal lives. That's, in essence, what Gambit Solutions is. It's a coaching and consulting firm. I would say coaching more so because the consulting element is non-traditional. Like I don't go into companies and propose to them a plan that they should implement. It's a coaching engagement where I work with executives, business people, salespeople, managers, thought leaders, whoever it is. Um, I work with them on a one-on-one basis. And uh, I would love to, of course, expand that. But that's the genesis and the idea of Gambit Solutions is that, uh, you know, as the name suggests, it's a chess term, Gambit. We all need to make some short-term sacrifices to win the long-term game. <laughs> and in changing our ways, it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel feels easy. But that's where, you know, being a coach and on the side of people and helping them allows them to kind of have a, a crutch mm-hmm. to lean on and then uh, transform their performance and uh, their personal lives as well. Very cool. Very cool. And being on the fly on the wall in those in those meetings and in the corporate world has really helped you with the leadership. And that's what we're going to chat about today is four ways you can learn to be a better leader and improve your leadership skills. Uh, so the first point you have here, Sergey, is stop managing. That's the first one you have. It's very bold. Why do we need to stop <laughs> stop managing? So uh, in having observed, as you rightly said, being that fly on the wall and to see different styles of management, right? We have schools of management. We have books on management. You go to business school, you study management. But looking back at my experience in business school, there was no course in leadership. There's no nothing about that. Like that's more of a personal development routes. It's often linked with psychology, sociology, you know, social studies, even though economics is a social study, but we're all focused on management and we're used to it because the old world, uh, you know, of the corporate America and not just corporate, but even the small business environment is kind of used to that because there's a level of uh, authority to it, right? You do things because I tell you so, because you may not know what's happening behind the scenes. What's happening in the management meetings isn't transparent to the rest of the company, typically. It happens behind closed doors. So what we know as management is the top uh, people in the organization, managers, they get together, they strategize, and then they look to implement by telling people what to do. So we call it delegation. I call it telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, in my work, I have quickly discovered, uh, you know, observing and then also, you know, working in real and uh, real case scenarios that uh, this level, this style of telling people what to do conflicts with the fundamental behavior of adults mm-hmm. go through college before that through high school, we finally graduate and we're like, Woo-hoo! I don't have to, you know, deal with studying and learning and homework and any of that stuff again. And uh, nobody gets, you know, to tell me what to do anymore. I don't have any homework. And then you take that to the corporate environment where now you're being, again, told what to do all the time. So when it comes to the management style and of, of running companies, if you try to manage people, meaning get them to agree you know, to what it is that you're saying, 
nod you and say, yes, I understand, I'll do this. People will indeed tell you in your face, yes, I got it, I'll do it while you're there. The moment you're out of the room, the people will continue to do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. Because if they did not buy in and if they did not have an understanding of what it is that you want me to truly do, what's behind it? So what's missing there oftentimes is the buy-in. The management style is, I don't have time to explain you what. Trust us that we, the management, met in our meeting and we understood everything that is happening and it's going to be beneficial to you as well. People don't get that understanding when mm -hmm. it's about management. So that's why I say stop managing uh, because it's a very authoritative uh, system that simply passes down a, a shift line of commands which to us adults, uh, it doesn't work because we just escape from the world of being told what to do all our lives. And then we're like, whoo, finally got some freedom. Let me, you know, do this. And now yeah. you find that, oh, you know, again. So there's a lot of resistance to that. Yeah. And it, they can have so much more buy-in, not saying that you need to explain every single detail to them because that can be a lot. And they do need to have some trust in their upper leadership, but explaining some of your reasoning behind decisions and why things need to be done really can help open their eyes and avoid the resentment of, Oh, well, they're just telling me what to do. Right. Correct. Couldn't have said so, it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second point you have here, Sergey is listen to the true meaning uh, or learn the true meaning of integrity and how to restore it when it's out. How do we do that? All right. So uh, the word integrity is being thrown around quite a lot and uh, in my line of work uh, there's a specific definition and uh, not just as a you're trying to translate and have like only one meaning to the word integrity uh, but as a concept as an idea as think of it as a pair of shoes that you need to actually step into initially when you buy a new pair of shoes so with this understanding that I'll bring in it may feel uncomfortable you have to break into those shoes but after a while after you you know have actually taken the pair of shoes didn't just say ah eh, no it doesn't feel good no, no not my shoes like take <laughs> them away from me that's what most people do so uh, if you're willing to take that idea and and kind of swim in it for a while and you know try it on the most important thing is that it works so mm -hmm. it's practical so what is it so in in terms of integrity uh, i guess from the the greek uh, translation if you look at the meaning of the word integrity is kind of being whole not missing any parts. Having structural um, integrity means that something works. The components come together that works. If you talk about the integrity of a building, for example, that you right now sitting and I sitting, if it didn't have, if the foundation did not have structural integrity, it would fall apart. If you think of a you know simple bicycle, an integrity of the wheel in a bicycle is that where all of the spokes in the wheel are in place. If you take a couple of them out, you may be okay. But eventually, if you take a couple of them in a row, let's say five or six, that creates a segment where there's integrity missing, the integrity of the entire wheel collapse. Mm -hmm. So when integrity is present, everything works. There's structural soundness to it, completeness, wholeness to it. When integrity is missing, it's out. All right, so that's more of a philosophical uh, and, and kind of broad view, practical view. How does integrity look when it comes to interpersonal communication and uh, you know, people, you got to, you got to keep your word. You know, we, we, you know, right now we're communicating with you through language. 
Mm-hmm. So if that's the means of getting things done, like in any organization or business, whether it's management or any other style, right? Things are being communicated in language. So if you say, yes, I'm going to get it done and you didn't, you're out of integrity. It's that mm-hmm. simple. So it's very black and white, no gray areas. And um, three small subcomponents of integrity to you know, add to this. And then I can kind of throw it back in your uh, uh, you know, uh, court, part of the court, and you can kind of brainstorm uh, are this. A, it's not just, you know, keeping your word. It's keeping your word and being on time with it. There's a time, you know, we live in society that times everything. So for business, things have to be done in a particular time frame, correct? So let's agree that it's not just that, but the time component is important for things to be on time. So if I said, Sam, I'm going to show up for our podcast at uh, X, you know, at this hour and I show up an hour late, Mm -hmm. I'd be out of integrity. It wouldn't work, right? So Mm -hmm. the, again, workability aspect is gone it's like those spokes out of the wheel are gone everything collapses you get upset i you know maybe feel sorry maybe not but you know i certainly it wouldn't create a better relationship between two of us second component is doing things that you know to do and how they're supposed to be done while still doing them on time you and i we know that we should be doing certain things for ourselves and for other people for ourselves i know i should exercise get plenty of sleep drink you know, plenty of water, have a pretty good diet, and I have a really good chance of living a long, healthy life and you know, get a chance to do things that I love you know, in an extended way. If I start doing things that go against that, drink every day, smoke every day, you know, eat bad food all the time, not exercise, sit on my butt, and you know, I'm out of integrity with myself because I know mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be doing those things, but I do, so integrity is out. Same thing, the time component is important. Uh, same thing with how things are you know, expected or meant to be done. If you know uh, you're in a business environment and you know that you need to go through um, three steps in order to get the process done, but you decide to cut a corner and skip one, no integrity in that. Sooner or yeah. later, it will you know, shoot through the side and the process will collapse. The mm-hmm. Japanese are known the best for that where right in the Toyota and the total, uh, uh, what's, what's their system called? Total, not total care, total quality. Um, you know, the, the whole conveyor belt will stop if there's lack of integrity in hmm, one little really? piece. They fix it, button is clicked, the whole process goes again. So hmm. they fix the, the lack of integrity right away. Mm-hmm. Um, the third component to integrity is doing what other people are expecting you to do even though you have not given them your word for it. Hmm. So you know there's people in your life that are expecting you to do certain things, beat your spouse from time to time, maybe expecting uh, you know, a bouquet of flowers or a hug or, or a nice compliment or a little, you know, little something. If you go on for a long time without doing that, the integrity of your relationship is gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. Same thing in business. Here at OneClick, we know that at the end of the day, you just want to be a successful business owner. And in order to do that, you need a website that looks amazing and gets results. The problem is you don't know where to start when it comes to building a website, which makes you feel overwhelmed every time you try to begin the process on your own. We believe you should never feel overwhelmed about building a website. We understand what it feels like not knowing where to start, which is why we can handle the work for you. Here's how it works. Step one, visit oneclickagency.com to get a quote. Step two, let us build you a professional website. 
In step three, your business will stand out online without you lifting a finger. Visit OneClickAgency.com today so you can stop feeling overwhelmed about your website and instead get a professional to build one that stands out from your competition and gets you results. Yeah, and I think in leadership, it really boils down to that integrity. And it's it can be incredibly easy for us to do. It's not like we need to go spend a ton of money to improve our integrity. It's from within and it boils down to a mindset. Um, I really like that. So point number three you have here, Sergey, is learn how to actively listen to yourself and how to transform listening of others. Can you dive into that for us? So uh, this is a, a very good one. Um, the, the active listening uh, component is in our society, as we, we especially magnify with social media, everybody's got a voice, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. freedom of speech, we want to talk, 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 we want to express ourselves. But, you know, the flip side of that is there's very little listening going on. And in a business environment, imagine, you know, from a management level, passing things down, what's the listening involved? Like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you how to do it, I'm expressing myself, I'm commanding, excuse me, you to, you know, get things done, but I'm not necessarily listening to you. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the best organizations, you know, some of the most successful ones are the ones that that practice active listening so that they can complete the feedback loop. Because who are you going to learn from? You're going to learn from your customers. Yeah. Now, who is the closest to your customers? Maybe your salespeople. You mm-hmm. know, you maybe you have delivery people. Maybe you have maintenance people, right? Because we're talking about products and services. So it's not just about sales that make yeah. a sale. If it's sales with level of maintenance and integration and delivery and implementation, then you have a whole, you know, a couple of departments that are working with the customer. So those people, if you do not listen to them actively, the feedback they're passing to you because they're not passing you that feedback to complain, even though it sometimes shows up in a form of complaint. You know, this is where emotions may take the, uh, take the best of us. And oftentimes we complain as employees. And of course, it doesn't lend anywhere because a complaint, you know, triggers the always already in, in the management. Mm-hmm. The idea of the always already as it pertains to listening is that, uh, you know, the, from the day we're really born, the context of the, our environment was already there. Your parents, your, your, your siblings, your family, your, your teachers, your schoolmates, etc. They've, they've, all of the ideas have already been there. Then you learn them through, through, through your process and then you always carry them with you. So imagine that everybody you're speaking with in an organization has an always and already way of listening to things, their ideas, their thoughts, their reasons, their culture, their religion, their background, their political views, all of that stuff. Let's just label it in a little bubble called always already. Now, imagine that you and I have radically different always already views. What do we typically do in an organization? We clash. I try to, you know, convince you. I try to, you know, manipulate you. I try to force you into a situation when you'll accept my point of view as reality. As like, the, you know, I'm trying to, this is the truth. This is the ultimate truth. When the, the, the fact of the matter is, the moment you understand that both always already's equally have the right, simple right to exist, mm-hmm. because those are lives of two different people. If you understand that, those are simply point of views and they simply 
do have a right to exist and they can be valid, none of us have the ultimate truth, then you exchange them and understanding becomes your main goal. Mm -hmm. So in listening to one another actively by understanding, okay, I got my way. I need to put it aside for a second and let me try your shoes on now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Surprisingly, they feel good. Yeah. There's a, an exercise that uh, is often done on stage where two people are invited um, and uh, there's uh, somebody that is right in between them. They're facing each other. The audience is looking at them from a side. So the audience, one part of the audience sees this side, another part of the audience sees the other side. The, the leader uh, takes typically a sheet of paper or uh, like, uh, uh, let me see if I have, I have this. Okay, this, this is work. So this is gonna be perfect. So uh, the leader you know, shows uh, a piece of paper on this side, it's white. On mm -hmm. this side, it's blue. Mm -hmm. So to this person, on this side, it's blue. To this person, it's white. Mm -hmm. And it's that. What, what color is this piece of paper? To this person, it's white. To this person, it's blue. And they engage in this, no, you, you know, it's blue. No, it's white. No, it's blue. No, it's white. <laughs> and they keep going at each other. Now, now it gets, gets heated. Like, are you sure it is? You crazy? You know, you stupid? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> so it, it shows, it demonstrates the typical model for communication that we're so known to, where we're not listening. It's like, wait a second, but why is he saying that it's blue? Why is it she saying that it's white? Mm -hmm. So then the leader takes the person across the across, you know, the on the other side of the of the page, and they're like, oh, it is blue. And then they walk around, oh, it is white. So it is <laughs> white and blue. Mm -hmm. And the people finally understand that in order to get to this place of understanding, we have to just just put aside the always already listen how we always and already listen to certain conversation based on how people look sound back like we already have all this biases about you know people managers etc so if we're willing to put that to the side and listen for understanding that's why listen for is in itself what are you listening for are you listening for something to prove that they're wrong okay, you're going to continue to budge heads yeah. and organizations are in a stalemate. So that's in essence the uh, active listening. It's a very intentional practice. It's, a, it's not easy. It's darn simple though, is that mm -hmm. I just got to, you know, listen for what you're saying versus listening for things to confirm or resist or like you, you have to understand yourself first. Like, am I already in a place where just what doesn't matter what idea that you bring, I already don't trust you. Mm -hmm. So if that's what's going to get in the way of active listening, you have to put that aside and be like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And if I don't, then there's going to be a predictable outcome. I'm just going to stay with my opinion. You're going to stay with your opinion. Again, that's where gossip, office politics, and businesses happen and hours and hours of uh, production and uh, pro productivity, I should say, uh, are lost. Gone, yeah, down the drain. And to bring up point number one again, stop managing. You can't accomplish what you just talked about if you're constantly managing and telling them what to do. You need to have you know, an open mind to what they have to say. I really like that. So point number four you have here to close it out, Sergey, is start setting intentions for every important communication in your company. Why is that? So this is, uh, if you look at the work of uh, David Kahneman, uh, he was the uh, Nobel Prize winner for economics. 
I believe it was in 2002. I, I may, you know, I need to fact check that. Uh, I think it was 2002. Him and his, uh, you know, colleague uh, have done a lot of work on behavioral economics, or, or I should say on, on just behavior and psychology of people. So here you have a psych, two psychologists winning the Nobel Prize for Economics. And the reason for that was that the prior to that, the world of uh, economics and markets and uh, capitalism, uh, the systems that enable work growth of business in, in the US and globally uh, were under impression and working under like the thesis that uh, we make rational decisions. Like why wouldn't we as a business, we want to make and as people want to make decisions that will serve us, that will do things better for us. So that kind of was the accepted notion that, yeah, you know, the things that are happening in the market are rational in the business mm -hmm. are rational only to uh, realize that as human beings, as the homo sapiens, as the species on this planet, uh, we are emotional first, rational second. So the emotional reactions always take over our intentions. So we often in the business environment, how many meetings, how many discussions, how many projects die before they really had any, any chance or an opportunity to uh, blossom because the intentions weren't set and uh, they were, you know, purely went according to the emotion. Somebody got offended, somebody got triggered and now it's an emotional exchange and all the feelings and all this and that. And now, you know, it takes us nowhere. So when we set intention in, in what you sta stated for every important communication. So if you're looking for somebody to get the importance of the task, if you set the intention that, hey, this is not something where I'm telling you to do just because, you know, uh, I said so, uh, I want you to understand the importance of this project to the well-being of this organization and to your well-being. And mm -hmm. I want you to understand that we're, you know, trusting you with this uh, to deliver because we know that you have the skill set. We know that you have the, the, the audacity, the, the willpower to get it done and get other people behind you. Do you have any questions about this? They ask you a couple of questions, you address them. So, you know, are we pretty clear on the intention here that we're looking to get it done in three weeks? If you need anything, come to us, we'll help you. What did it take? Two minutes extra? <laughs> but what, you know, now the person is enrolled, they bought in into the project and now they can communicate that intention clearly to another chain of command, other people that may be you know, may need to be involved in the project that always already have a list of management that here we go, another project. <laughs> and now this person that there used to be aligned with them says, no, 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 wait a second. This is different. And that is the light bulb that goes on because now the people see in other people changing, not in the management being like, how come you don't, you know, how come you don't agree with me? Management are a bunch of a-holes, you know, they always tell us what to do. And you go, well, actually, you know, uh, for once, like we actually had a discussion and I understand that this is where it's coming from. And now it domino effect starts to mm -hmm. take place in a completely different direction, which gets things done in, in the world of business and on the personal side as well. Sergey, thank you so much for walking us through this. I think this has been really incredible. It was Pleasure. deep, but enough for us to still understand it. So great job walking us through that, man. Can I you close this out? Yeah. Can you close us out by sharing where we can find out more about you and Gambit Solutions online? 
Sure. So uh, you can find me online. The website is askgambit.com. So A-S-K, just like you're asking the question, gambit, chess term, G-A-M-B-I-T.com. You can browse around. It's more of an for informative uh, um, purposes there. And then from there, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, there's a business page, Gambit Solutions. If you look at it's there on Facebook. On LinkedIn, there's a business page. And, you know, me personally, Sergey Kiklovich, uh, you can link, you know, search me on LinkedIn. My profile is there. And you can reach me in, you know, many different ways um, through either my phone number, which is 954-871-4840. Text, call, uh, you know, happy to respond or just go directly through uh, askgambit.com or LinkedIn or Facebook uh, and we'll be happy to communicate. Sergey, once again, thank you so much for joining me, man. My pleasure, Sam. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Small Business Made Simple. If you learned something insightful, actionable, or useful that you're excited to implement in your business, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Not only are you helping other future listeners find the show, you're giving them an opportunity to learn something valuable they can implement as well. Thanks as always for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business.